Amy, thank you for making the time to be here with me and welcome to Shift Podcast. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so my first question to my audience is always just to set us the kind of scene for the day in context. So I us a little bit of a snapshot of your career story and how did you come to doing what you're doing today? Yeah, it's I made a massive shift, massive pivot after the birth of my first child. Um, but what led to that, I in all my life have been fascinated with all things consciousness studies and and spirituality and and I mean just in meaning. I was really fascinated by meaning and the search for truth. And that led me to study mathematics. And so I got my degree from UC Berkeley in math and ended up quite technical for the first part of my life and worked at Sun Microsystems for 10 years. And interestingly, I mean, I was so happy there. And I ended up, I was always in these roles where I was a, I would be translating between in like de development and end user. I was really good at being able to translate and articulate concepts into things that were digestible. And, and also, you know, my youth, I taught piano and I taught math. So there was always this facilitation kind of teaching, leading part to me that was always there. And it was after Aiden was born, he's now 14, I just had this massive wake up call. And I realized, oh my gosh, there's a whole part of me that I am not attending to. And I didn't quite know what it was. And I didn't quite know what was going on but there was a massive just churning inside and and I realized wow I'm going about this all wrong it's not about figuring it out it's about feeling it out and so that pivoted me into a whole new trajectory and so I went back to school got my master's in transpersonal psychology having no clue what I was going to do with it I just knew I needed to study it because it was totally and completely captivating and interestingly little did I know that the merging and the blend of a, you know, mathematics, having to trained in that in a very rigorous way, and then going and doing transpersonal psychology, which is the flip other side, right? Search for truth. Both are, both are equally searching for truth, just in very different ways. Boom. Together, it lended itself perfectly to coaching. And so I found it always on purpose around 2010. And so I've been doing this for over a decade. And I am, I'll tell you, Elena, I feel like I live a miracle every day. I'm so blessed and it just keeps getting better. And that's here just to help create more shift in the world um, for others. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, you, thanks for watching. If you're enjoying this episode, make sure to share it with friends and family who might find it interesting. Make sure to hit the subscribe button as well to stay up to date on weekly new videos that are going to be coming out with some awesome guests that I bring on. And uh, if you have any questions, use the comment section to ask me questions, to interact. I look forward to talking to you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's um, what I love about your story is that it's very unique that you have those both kind of backgrounds of technical, but then you have that other piece. Like it's very rare you see technical people go into like the psychology-driven fields or vice versa. It's you know usually it's it's one or the other. So I find it interesting that you kind of have those both. It's very powerful because um, to have that mathematical kind of brain, right, which is a very different kind of thinking, and combine that with this this other the, this other softer skill piece uh, well powerful whatever you want to call the those skills these days but I think it's very very interesting very nice combo yeah yeah no it definitely feels good <laughs> yeah I bet was there anything in particular like when you were a kid because I'm always curious about this I'm always curious about how do people develop specific 
interest and is it exposure is it environment mm. is it just innate is it a character mm. trait in terms of what got you curious there, was there anything specific that kind of got you curious on these the consciousness part the kind of yeah you know uh, searching for the truth and 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 also i'm curious what 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 does that mean to you searching for the truth as well yeah so, you know God, that's a that's a really great question so i'll start with your first one is when so my my mom and my grandma were really quite metaphysical and they would spend when we were all together they would spend so much time talking about just the nature of you know thinking and consciousness and and just all the tenets of metaphysics and i just i remember being so young and so fascinated by everything that they were talking about and i craved so my grandma lived they they lived on a farm quite a ways away from us like a six hour drive, but I cra- I loved going to visit and I loved, I just craved sitting at the table with my mom and my grandma and must, you know, I was like seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and those ages. I just loved being a part of these conversations. And so I, you know, there's always a lot of literature around the house, whether it was, you know, it was whether Wayne Dyer or Krishnamurti or these, you know, spiritual thinkers. And so I was very, very familiar with that. And around fifth grade is when I stumbled upon Thich Nhat Hanh in the library, um, not personally, but his book, <laughs> and really fell in love with this idea of mindfulness. And, and then I got really interested in Eastern uh, ancient wisdom traditions. And But it was really just something I was just, I just got a lot of joy out of. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I, you know, I also was totally obsessed with math and I couldn't get enough of it. And in high school, we actually started in junior high, but more so in high school, I started tutoring kids and I found, oh my gosh, I so fell in love with helping helping people close the gap between what it was that they didn't know and what they, where they wanted to get. And pretty early, and I wanna say it was in high school that I recognized that it wasn't so much the teaching of math that lit me up. What really lit me up was being able to listen to the student or the, whoever I'm teaching and really listen for what it was that they didn't know that they didn't know. Mm. And that would lit me because then it would be like, okay, what's getting in their way is that they don't know that they don't know this. So they don't know to ask this question and that that's what's getting in the way. And so then to be able to come up with a way to have, take them on a journey to discover the unknowns. I mean, that, that was, I mean, that just lit me up. And so I think just naturally honing those two things led to a path where I am now. Mm. And, and that's very interesting. I want to get back into that, but um, um, you know, that search for the truth, can you just talk a little bit more about that? Like, yeah. So, you know, and I think it's, this is going to be so subjective and everybody's going to kind of understand this and in their own way. And for me, I've, I've always, I mean, I've always been asking this question, what is this thing called existence? Why are we here? What's truly our purpose? What does it mean to really thrive? And so when I say search for the truth, you know, in the first part of my life, that really came out in my hunger for math, because math is a is a way of studying and understanding the universe through a language that is really objective, right? So mathematics is, is a language that helps us make sense of 
abstract patterns, it, it, uh, uh, systems, complex data, seemingly disparate data information. And we can say, okay, here's what's going on. And we're able to use this language in an objective, irrefutable way to get to QED. Here's what we're talking about. This is what it's about. Here's, this is it. And so I think, you know, when it, when I think about, well, what, what is it that lights me up? It's like, well, why are we here? I mean, really that, that's to me, it's like, this is it. This is what it's about. Now, everybody's going to have a different answer to that. And so I feel like I'm constantly on this journey to understand that for myself. This is what it's about. And so that, that's really what it is. And so math, mm -hmm. math helped me, allowed me to do that because, oh my gosh, you know, you do these, you come across higher math and you follow these proofs and it's just, it's like, it'll bring you, it'll bring tears to your eyes. You're like, oh my God, this is just so beautiful. It's so elegant. And I mean, that right there, it's, mm, it's a delicious feeling. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm asking that question because uh, funny enough, uh, in 2019, I did my first TEDx talk and I called it living your truth. And so, oh, wow. and it, but it was more around like career, like it was more about like finding the career, you creating a career you love. Cause for me, from, it was a hobby that turned into a career and then a business. So, and it was like through that, you know, it's like living that truth. And then somebody asked me like, well, what does that really mean? So I'm like, well, that's a good question. And so I have to really think about it. So when I hear people, cause it is very subjective. And that's why I wanted you to kind of hear your thoughts because everybody has their own definition. So I'm always just curious because you, you've mentioned that. And so, yeah. um, so thank you for that. Thank you. Just, that's a great question. I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. I'm like, oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> but so I think it's important for you to, to, that you mentioned that it is subjective. And that's what I want, you know, I think there's a lot of that, you know, true seeking all that, but what does that really mean? I think it's very individually driven. I think it's, it's healthy to kind of understand that from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, um, so, so yeah, but, uh, but then also it could be, I guess, objective, but let's not go down that rabbit yeah. hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another podcast, but well, part, two, part two podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but I want to just come back because you mentioned something interesting and it's something very close to my heart. So I spent a big part of my first part of my career in education and higher education and kind of, uh, and the reason I left it is because it was so slow changing and it was just so dreading for me to not be able to see the changes that I was really feeling like, you know, uh, uh, students need and, and, and the future work needs essentially. And so, and you mentioned kind of working with kids and, and, and I'm just curious if you had any exposure in terms of, you know, the topics that you talk about, the things that we're talking about and we're going to cover in this podcast, it's not often covered in schools. We're not, oh, you know, right. we're not encouraged to think about certain things. So any mm -hmm. thoughts, any experience in that? I'm glad you, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent have thoughts on this. And I even mentioned this in my book, Living on Purpose, you know, some of the most eye-opening uh, dare I say truths, <laughs> truths about, you know, our, you know, the, the, what it takes to really live a good life. And we're not talking about that in school. We're not, we're, we're kind of fed a formula on how to succeed, but we're never at, we we're never taught to ask, well, why do I do this? Why do I chase this? Why, you know, and we all have this idea like, oh, well, so that I can be successful so I can make money and I can have a good life but it just stops there and yeah I think it's a lot of a lot of the joy in adulthood is getting to a point in time where you start to question things and it's usually prompted by a level of discontent 
that we're feeling some confusion, maybe frustration that forces one and up to wake up enough and say, you know, there's going to be more. There's got, I, I maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going about this not in the right way. And so we start to ask these questions and there really is a joy to waking up to some of these, you know, and then in my book, they're, I, they're perceptual shifts um, that really can unlock us to thrive, but it can easily be talking about this, you know, when children are young. And in fact, you know, I make it a big point to, to bring this into my parenting with my children, because, you know, if my kids are working hard at something, I want them to know why they're doing that. You know, not to make me happy, not because they're supposed to, but mm-hmm. they get like, does this bring you joy? Does this, does this, does this fulfill you in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you, you talk about it in, in the book in the sense of also just this, uh, you know, kind of opposition and um, these, you know, it's like we're, we're tailored to live a life a certain way. And then, and then you, you kind of call it like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you know and, and it's so important to digest that. And I, and um, I, I went through my own journey, part one, I'm sure there's much more <laughs> transformations that I probably should go through. But, you know, for me, the realization came a few years ago. And then when you see others, and I'm showing your work when you, you know, when you're working with people, and you see you like, if only people could be aware to these, to these, I don't know, uh, uh, pieces of them or, or these, uh, you know, things that are that, that, you know, kind of to focus on and, you know, and, and the, the damages, I dare say, I don't know if it's damages, but you know, that we experience as children, um, you know, and kind of, you know, upbringing and culture and society and all those things that are not maybe us. And then eventually we kind of wake up and you're like, well, it's not yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how do you, how do you, you know, how to help somebody, I guess, to, to see that there's an alternative. Oh, boy, this is such a big conversation. Yeah, this is such a big conversation because, you know, I think for a lot of us humans, if we have found something that works for us and we've gotten on the other side of a struggle and we're proud about it and we feel good. And we're like, yeah, you know, it's because I took this practice on. It's because I did this thing or whatever. Then we're going to have this belief that, oh my gosh, this helps everybody. And then as humans, we really want to help other people. And so what we do is we go to those that we care about and those that we love, and maybe even those that we're just friends with. And we say, hey, you should do this. You should do this. Like you really, you re- you should look at it this way. You should try it that way. You know, because it, and, and it really is born out of a deep desire to help others. But you know, there's a fine line to walk when we want to, to, it's a fine line because nobody wants to be should on, right? You should do this. You should do that. Nobody wants to be told what to do. And, um, you know, I, I talk about this a lot when I'm coaching others, cause it comes up a lot for partners. Like, you know, you'll have one individual who's really growing and then the other one is desperately wanting their other partner to grow. And so they, they like, you, you need to be doing this. You should be doing that. And it's just, ah, it just can, it can create so much tension, but um, no, I mean, there's so many ways we could dive into this conversation, but in short, I'll just say, you know, the best way to really, I think, so here's my truth, not the truth, but my truth is the best way to inspire growth and change is to be, so dedicated to your own to just be an example mm. and to live your joy and to live that thriving and to just be and to appreciate where people are on their path. And if you look at someone and you see that they're struggling, you know, you're only getting a piece of what's really true. 
And so who are we to say, you need this, you need that. What I have decided is that every single person is doing the darn best they can with all that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people disagree with me. They're like, nah, no, people could be doing better. And I'm like, actually, no one is going to shoot themselves in the foot on purpose. Everyone is doing everything in the best of their ability in every moment. And if they could have done better in a moment, they would have. So they are operating to the degree that they can in that moment. And it's okay because that's feeding into the next moment and the next moment. So the way I see it, they're on a growth path. And so maybe they did need to make this mistake. Maybe they did to make me need to make this choice in order to really recognize what's really true so that they can make a better choice. So I, I love to believe that everybody is on purpose. And so I'm going to honor that and I'm going to do my stuff and I'm going to, I'm going to be my, and if you're interested, come, Hey, I got something to say, but never am I going to say, Oh, you need to go do this. You need to go do that. Cause that'll help you. Right. So inspiration, I think is the best teacher. Yeah, I think just being that example, I'm a, I'm a huge believer that environment affects like our environment. So whatever, you know, if you're around people that are kind of living life uh, in a way that is purposeful, right, and on purpose and all of those things, um, I think it's, um, it kind of reflects onto others and it's by default. And you see this, you see this in personal lives, you see this in companies, right? Like when you have, like, uh, if you put a poor performer in with high performers, they will thrive versus if you put a high performer with poor performers, they might, they might kind of go down. So I think that impact of environment and being around that, those individuals, there's definitely something to it. Again, maybe some people will argue that, but I, I think that environment, I think the best you can do is to lead by that example and hope that it will inspire others to, yeah, start asking questions for themselves yeah absolutely yeah environment is huge it really you know who you're around and who you spend time with it's it's a big influence for sure yeah and um so my next question is um you do a lot of work with companies as well it's obviously and in, in, in individuals as it's, mm-hmm. it's all it's all relevant right and have you seen uh i, I don't and again I, i'm kind of it's only in the last few years that i've been in this kind of field and and working with talent development in particular um but I see a much bigger shift in companies today when it comes to helping people find that purpose in their work. Mm-hmm. Is Do you feel like it's generational? Is it post-pandemic? Have you seen mm-hmm. that shift where companies are just more open to you know, having those? Before it was like work, work, work. Now it's like, well, yeah. we need to care about your personal life as well. So how's it going? all right right they open yeah they're they're starting to open up that conversation and look at the whole human instead of just the worker right and yeah I think there's so much that's contributing to this I think it it definitely generational is is a big part post-pandemic for sure now you know we were all shot into a situation that nobody could have predicted and and there we had no guidebook for and we all had to contend with so many things in a new way. And it really caused us to ask big questions about why do I do what I do? You know, cause we, we, pro- we proved to ourselves, we can get through this and it doesn't have to work this way. It doesn't have to be this way. And, you know, and it also caused us to really pay attention to what we value because we recognized how precious life was. And time is precious and who I want to spend my time with is precious. So why would I spend my time doing something that I don't care about that's taking me away from actually what's most important to me? And that really, I think, was the opportunity is we got to see what was most important to us in this pandemic. And so now that we're asking those and those questions are starting to swirl, it's like, well, do we have to 
stay the course that we were. No, because we proved to ourselves it doesn't have to necessarily be that way. So all these questions, plus, you know, plus also, I think it's just been a trend with the businesses and startups and, and especially in tech, just being a bit more aware of how the human element to the equation of success is so important. We can't look at people as transactional entities. We have to look at them as mysterious, beautiful individuals with dreams and desires and histories and memories and tragedies and hopes and aspirations and all the things. And when we can do that, like that equation of success is really quite different. And so I think all of these things together is definitely mm -hmm. contributing to this awakening of the for purpose category or you know you've got you got um for profit you've got not for profit now i think there's companies that are really for purpose and when you've got those companies that are really for purpose they're also going to look at the health of the well the well-being of their mm. of their employees you know yeah and so speaking of purpose and um kind of you know putting that out there you wrote a book and it's called living on purpose who did you write it for like you know i feel i, I, I hear that authors usually they write a book for a specific like a person or a persona so yeah. who is this book for and what inspired you to write the book yeah absolutely so the book living on purpose the subtitle is five deliberate choices to realize fulfillment and joy and the truth to this question truly elena is it was a response to my many many clients continually asking me, is there a book on what we're doing right now? And I'd be like, you know what? There isn't, <laughs> there isn't a book. And, and the, it was the, it was the constant asking of my, you know, clients and people that wanted to work together. I couldn't fit them in my practice. Like, do you have a book? Do you have a book? I'm like, I, I don't. And so this book is a culmination of many, many years of devoted, I mean, just not, I wouldn't say research, but just my fascinations into all things, all things, you know, spirituality, psychology, anthropology, neuroscience. I mean, it all kind of comes together, but really more so all the thousands of conversations I've had over 10 years. Mm -hmm. This book is somewhat of a roadmap that I created um, by just by working with individuals to help them go from self-imposed limitation. And I don't want to say suffering, but it was that I'm holding myself back. I don't know how, I don't know why. I know things could be better. I am my worst enemy here and I can't quite explain why. I want to, I, I want to do something and I'm not quite sure what it is. Do I want more money? Do I want more job? I want, I want something, but I'm not sure. And so mm, what do I do about that? And so this book totally completely takes you from that place to complete thriving and it was really born out of all of the work i'd been doing with clients and kind of discerning a framework for that and so those five perceptual shifts really steps you through exactly what needs to shift and so the short answer really was for my client my clients but the bigger answer is after i was seeing that this really works and people were going from you know succeeding on accident to truly thriving on purpose i thought you know what this can't be just limited to my one-on-one -on -one work or group work or workshops that i'm with in my work this really has to be available um, across the board so the perfect reader for this really is the individual who is 
somewhat ambitious, you know, ambitious and, you know, and wants to succeed, who wants to do well in life, who is somewhat self-aware, who does pretty much take responsibility for the quality of their life. Maybe there's more opportunity for that, but it's there, Mm -hmm. but really truly wants to get out of their own way. Can't quite put their finger on how they're getting in their own way, but Mm -hmm. is willing to to really do the work to say, and you know what, I think it's kind of up to me to, to get out of my own way. And so that's, that's really who this book is written for. Mm, No, it's, 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 it's very relatable for sure. And what I like about it is that it's just sometimes like what you mentioned, we don't know what we don't know, right? We talked about this in the beginning and and it's sometimes just raising awareness about certain things. And sometimes you just read. And, and what I love about books is sometimes you read it and it might not click the same way than if you read it a year later. And I feel yeah. like one of those books, like some chapters, you're like, okay, I get it. But then some chapters, like for me, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not ready for that yet. Like, you know, I'm not sure. But, and when I reread books, I'm like, oh, and then it kind of falls into place, which goes to your point that at the end of the day, people, when they're ready for something, when it's yes. that time, that's when is the best time for them to make a change. Not when we feel like, oh, you really need to do this, this, and this. And I think and that's what I love about books uh, is yeah. that you can kind of, you, you're a different person every time you read this, the book, you know, after some time, that's right. you're reading it from a different perspective. So I think it's very nice. How Thank much of, of, you know, living on purpose, because uh, this is something I, I, I'm, I, I'm always curious about, how much is, of it is around our well-being in terms of just, you know, our level of activity, how we sleep, how we exercise, like, you know, because there's always arguments about it. They're like, yeah. is, you know, but is it really just in, is it in the basics? Like, is it, do mm. we need to have mm. those basics of well-being, like wellness or health? You know, I, that's a great, great. I love, I love this. You know, it's to be on purpose, right? It's, I talk about this really more as an adverb than a noun. And that's important. It's like, it's a state of being that really is one of thriving. And it requires us to harness choice in a really powerful way because it's the sum total of our choices that really dictate the quality of our life. And we are making every choice, every moment of moment. You know, we could argue, well, actually, I feel like I wasn't making these choices. It just happened. And that's kind of true too. There's autopilot. And a lot of us are on autopilot. So living on purpose, being on purpose, it's really kind of waking up to that. You're like, you know what? Hmm. I'm going to be in the driver's seat of my own life. And I'm going to harness choice in a new way. But what I'm hearing from you, Elena, is, is it enough to exercise choice at the level of action? Meaning, I'm going to I'm going to make sure I go to bed at nine, nine o'clock every day. And I'm going to meditate and I'm going to make these choices. I'm going to choose an apple over the bag of chips. And, and I would say, yeah, that's absolutely a part of it. And, but it's not all of it, right? Because choice at the level of action is, is important for sure. But really where the unlock is and where freedom is on the other side of choice at the level of interpretation and perception. Because stuff is happening, and we've got five senses that pick up the 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 sense data, sense data, and process in our brain. Like, okay, this is this is reality, and there's a lot that happens between picking up on that stimulus and then what we make it mean. And so, where we really thrive or not is in how we make sense of what's happening. How is it that I'm going to choose to perceive this? How is it that I'm going to interpret this? What is it that I'm going to choose to believe about this? What is it that I'm going to choose to know about this? And so really choice at that level, that's where the opportunity is. And so 
you know, in my book, I kind of, that's, that's mainly the focus. Mm -hmm. Definitely talk about choice at the level of action, but they really both together are important. Mm. And, and for yourself, are there specific kind of habits or routines that you follow to, to continue to make sure that you're, you're living on purpose? Because, you know, we all have our days when you're like, today's not a day. Uh, is, I'm yeah. not going to practice what I preach. Maybe not today. Maybe it is. I, <laughs> but I have days for sure. So I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, because part of being able to harness choice is being awake and in the driver's seat, which means I'm not on autopilot. But in order to not be on autopilot, I really have to have a pretty, pretty strong mental muscle to stay awake and wake up and come back. So what is that practice? Well, meditation. Meditation is a very, very powerful mental, emotional practice to keep myself awake and not just awake from falling asleep. I mean, consciously awake where I get to see at a meta level, oh, I see I'm responding to the situation and I see that I'm starting to get heated. I see that I'm triggered. Oh, Amy, check this out. Isn't this interesting? Your blood pressure is starting to rise. Oh, wow. You're really taking this personal, aren't you? Right. And so to have that meta layer of, of awareness to a situation is really where, um, where the work is. And so how do you do that? Meditation. So yeah, I have practices. So my morning routine is so it's, that is sacred to me. I wake up early. I meditate, I lift, I, you know, I, that's when I do some of my self-study, I enter into flow with work, and this is before my family's awake, because <laughs> this is when I can get most stuff done, right, but that, that is a practice that I do to honor, kind of really staying on purpose, yeah. Yeah, that's great, and then, um, so if people want to learn a little bit more about you, and kind of, or get your book, or just yeah. reach out and have a chat, uh, where do you usually hang out on social media? Yeah, so I really, I'm mainly on LinkedIn. I'm that's that's my favorite place to hang out. And so my handle is Amy Elisa Wong. You can find out like a lot of a lot of activity there. My website is always on purpose alwaysonpurpose.com. And there's lots of stuff there. So lots of resources, lots of articles. Um, it has everything that, you know, that I'm about and it's all there. And then my book, Living on Purpose, you can get it from my website on Always on Purpose, but Living on Purpose, it's on, on Amazon, which is probably the easiest place to get it. Barnes and Noble, Target, all the places where books are sold. <laughs> awesome. And last question yeah. for you. If you had a magic wand to kind of make anything happen for for the world, for the human race, what would it be? Oh, 100% would be to essentially let every human on the planet have access to, and now here I think this is truth, have access to the truth that they truly are at the core inherently whole and complete. And if I had a magic wand, I would essentially shore up all that relationship that everyone has with themselves because you know what that that the relationship we have with ourselves determines everything and so if we all knew just how whole and complete we we are mm -hmm. this thing around conflict and dysfunction and pain and i mean it's it it kind of goes away right because all that suffering is a projection of that of that break we have with ourselves so mm -hmm. that's what i would do that's beautiful 
beautiful way to end this conversation as well amy thank you thank you so much for making the time um i'm going to make sure to drop all your channels and your your websites in the chat uh, in the in the description below so make sure you guys check it out thank you so much for your time and uh we'll we'll have to do it again maybe for your next book i love it thank you so much i look forward to it <laughs> Thank you.